All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Keto 911 podcast. This is your host, Daniel, your Keto EMT. To continue on with this awesome influencer segments that I'm giving you guys, I've, like I tell you, when I have an opportunity to find the best, I want to give you guys the best. And I have been honored and blessed to have such a, a wonderful person, a provider, clinician here, give you her story, her background, and her passion. So before I introduce her name, I'm going to give you her background. I have Dr. Camila Marie Williams. She is a board-certified family physician with a passion for holistic health. As she was challenged by weight loss resistance and personal health problems, she was struck by how many others had similar struggles. Now, by adopting a ketogenic lifestyle, she lost 30 pounds and maintained the loss by embracing various wellness practices. She is the creator and host of the Single Well podcast and also helps single mothers and women curate a personalized wellness plan in her coaching program of the name. So without further ado, I know she's a busy woman, a very, very skilled clinician and physician. I have the one and only Dr. Mila. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come share your wellness, your, 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 your wisdom and your experience to my listeners. So thank you so much, Dr. Mila. Thank you, Daniel. I'm excited to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we'll go ahead and get into it. So being a clinician and in, 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 in the in, in the medical mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. I know you see patients all the time and everything. So mm-hmm. how do you personally, how were you introduced to keto? You know, it's funny. I in the in the clubhouse spaces, we talk a lot about people being afraid of ketoacidosis. And mm-hmm. um, that's a common concern with physicians. And I was not introduced to keto that way. Like when I first heard about keto, I was already doing intermittent fasting. So um, unless a patient said it and I brushed them off, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never, I had (laughs) never heard about keto. I was like, it's funny. Nobody ever mentioned keto to me before I learned about it. So, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. So um, I never heard about it. Yeah. I ended up uh, reading Dr. Um, I blazed through it in like a couple days because it answered a lot of questions for me that I had had. Um, you know, when you're seeing patients every day, you're like, you know, and I was, a, I'm a family doctor. Um, and yeah. I say was because I left traditional family medicine um, this year, which we can talk more about later. But okay. I, um, I really didn't know what was going on. I was like, when I left residency, you know, I was up to par with the, the uh, volume of patients, seeing 10 and a half day, 15 And being able to see all these patients, but they just weren't as sick as they were 10, 15 years later. And I'm like, everybody has diabetes and high blood pressure. And I'm like, this is not, this is not what was going on before. Like, this is, you know, and so you talk to your colleagues and they're like, oh yeah, people just, it's just what it is, you know? And I'm like, no, it was not like this before. And I was at a residency that was pretty high um, um, acuity. You know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of people with really, it was an inner city hospital. I loved it. Grant Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio. Um, Very, very um, high responsibility for those of us that were family practice residents going through there. So I had seen so many crazy things. And I'm like, so we, you know, we did not see this volume of this. This was like, it was odd. I remember my, my diabetics that were, you know, my problem children back then, you know, all those years ago, Mm -hmm. I remember them. I remember what they wore. I remember now it's like, it was everybody. So I'm like, this is, this is not right. So I'm seeing that. And at the same time, I am gaining weight. Um, I actually had a very um, 
crazy roller coaster of about a 10 year period. You know, I met my ex-husband, we dated for a while, we decided to get married, we bought a home, or well, we had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, after we got married, we bought a home and then we decided to separate while I was pregnant. So that was going on. So then okay. after that, um, you know, at that time I had gained a bunch of weight, but I really didn't think anything of it. Right before all of that, I had run a half marathon. I was in Pelotonia, which here in Ohio is a big cycling event, did 50 mm-hmm. miles in Pelotonia, like very active person. I did yoga while I was pregnant. So I go through all that stuff and then my life changes and I'm going through stuff, you know, cause stress is a big part of it, but I was already, right. um, overweight, already, um, heavier than I had ever been. Um, despite being so active. And I'm like, you know, we always talk about diet and exercise and exercise is not doing it for me. And I was doing Weight Watchers and stuff like that. And it just wasn't, I I found a way to do Tetris with Weight Watchers. It just wasn't, I'd eat donuts. (laughs) So it was just not really helping me much. Um, And so I was like, I need to find a way. So by the time I decided to change, I had been diagnosed with prediabetes and and elevated blood pressure. Um, and I didn't take it seriously. Now, a lot of people think that's weird. They're like, you know, you're seeing this every day. I'm like, well, we were conditioned to believe that if it wasn't diabetes, it wasn't serious. So in my mind, it was like, ah, whatever, forget the fact that nobody in my family had had diabetes. So that whole genetic thing was blown out of the water. Um, I was just like, eh, I'm getting older, you know, Mm pre-diabetes. So, um, you know, I really went after the, I was after the weight loss piece. I wanted to look better. I had to date. I was like, I need to get some weight off. I need to look better. That was really where it was coming from, the aesthetics. And so I was like, all right, you know, I need to find a way to do this. That doesn't involve, I always call it clicking and tracking. You know, we have all these apps and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just, Mm -hmm. I can't, I just don't want to do that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find a natural way to do this. So I'm in a group, a big, there's a big physician group. It's kind of like a secret to most other people, but there's like 13, 14, 15,000 of us probably at this point, female physicians um, that are in physician's mom's group. And they were talking about Dr. Fung's book. And I was like, there's no way this is some gimmick, you know? So I read Mm -hmm. it and I was like, wow, insulin, all that stuff, all the science starts coming up that I had never heard before. And I was just like, oh, wow, there's no way this works. I was like, okay, I'll do some intermittent fasting. He, he, he is an advocate for that. That's his main thing. And so I was like, I'll do that. It'll make it easier, right? Because what I was doing at the time was I had a small child. I'm trying to get dressed in the morning. And it's like, oh, you have to eat breakfast. Well, did I go get, uh, you know, fruit and, a, and some veggies? No, I went and got McDonald's or donuts or whatever thing because, well, I have to eat, you know, and then you have to have the coffee with that that has all the sugar in it. So it was right. just when I think back on what I was doing, it was <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but it was like, oh, I have to have breakfast, I have to have breakfast. So that was what really drew me in. I was like, oh, I don't have to have breakfast, you know? So mm-hmm. I was like, this will <laughs> add two hours to my morning. So I um, was like, okay, I'll do it, you know? And it was easier than I thought. A lot of people say, oh, it was so hard. I had to struggle. I really didn't struggle in the beginning because it simplified my day. And I'm a person of, I'm, I'm really a minimalist at heart. So simplification is huge to me. So when it, they were like, you don't have to have breakfast. I was like, oh, this is great. So I started doing that, just simply cut out breakfast. And I would just kind of, I don't remember what I was eating at the time, but I was kind of mm-hmm. trying to work on this. Like there has to be some guide on what to actually eat during this time. So he right. talks about low carb a little bit, but he doesn't like, he's not married to it in the book, in that book. 
book, okay. he starts talking about it a little bit more as he goes on. But in that book, he wasn't like super attached to it. He's just like, you know, cut back your carbs, you know, your insulin, blah, 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 does this, you know, all the science. And so eventually I started going down that rabbit hole, found paleo, had never heard of that either. <laughs> right. Found, you know, didn't really do that. I was like, oh, paleo, okay. You know, and then I found keto and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this, you know, and it seemed simple enough. I didn't do macros or any of that. I just started eating that way. And it was right. kind of the way I wanted to eat because I grew up eating a lot of vegetables and stuff like that. So I I didn't, it wasn't hard for me. It was like, oh, so they're, you're just cutting out all the sugar. And once I knew what the sugar was doing, it was easier for me. Now I was a big sugar addict. So I did not really fully cut out the sugar at that point. I was still mm. indulging here and there, but for the most part, I was doing keto. So I did that started rapidly losing weight, started feeling amazing, didn't need the coffee and stuff I had grown to be attached to. And then I found like things started getting better. My reflux got better. I had plantar fasciitis. I went to see my eye doctor. My vision got better. My teeth got better. You know, I went to see my dentist and I went like yeah. two or three times and he's like, oh, he, every time I go, everything looks great. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, and I have a hands-off dentist because I don't like dentists. So <laughs> he's somebody who he <laughs> takes a look at me and he's like, yeah, well, yep, everything's good. You know, if it's bad, yeah. I'll tell you because he knows I'm just, no, I'm not doing that. So, right, right. <laughs> so he was one of those, like, everything looks good anyway. But he would tell me like, oh, you, you have a cavity. You need, we need to fill that. We need to change your filling. We need to, and it like for a while, it was like, he didn't do a lot, but he would be changing these fillings and doing stuff. Once I went keto, I never had that again. It was like, oh yeah, everything looks great. Oh, your teeth look really great. And once my hygienist was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I barely had to, there's barely anything here. And I'm like, really? And I said, could it be my diet? He's like, it's possible, you know? Hmm, and okay. so it was just all these little things that I was noticing, which I noticed, but didn't notice um, because I didn't really think about this until after that. But yeah, so all this stuff started getting better. I'm losing weight. Um, and then I had, and I, I you, this may come up later, but then I had like this roadblock um, of just hives and all that. So I don't know if you want me to go into that now or save it for later. No, we could definitely. Because I because that was actually leading into the next question is what are the kind mm -hmm. of um, side effects or, or experiences that you had while transitioning into the ketogenic lifestyle? Oh, perfect. So yeah, so so <laughs> I did really well for a while. Lost weight effortlessly. It's like coming off, even though I'm still not fully keto um, mm -hmm. as I know it now. Um, I was just like kind of doing stuff. Wasn't really, I was checking the strips here and there, but it just wasn't a big deal to me. So as long as that weight was coming off, I was good. So I got to like, what year? What, it was um, 20, that was 2017. And I was still working full-time family practice, which is, you know, you're in medical field. So, you know, full-time is anything from mm -hmm. like 25 hours a week, because then you have all this paperwork. So yes. it was, I think I was working like 32 hours a week at the time. So okay. basically full-time. And, um, you know, so I was busy and all that, but I was like, Ooh, I want to do obesity medicine. So I had signed up to do this conference in obesity medicine. Um, and I went to some other conference. I think it was the family practice conference at the same time. It was in um, San Antonio. Um, and so this is relevant because what happened was I was so changed by this diet. Like I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. I'm so excited to bring this to people. I want to help people lose weight responsibly, blah, blah, blah. So I sign up for these conferences and I go. And so of course, while I'm there, a lot, a lot of stuff in Texas is like car 
over were friendly, you know, so there's a lot of meat, yeah. a lot of stuff like that. So it was relatively easy, but I was still eating some little stuff here and there, okay. but I was yeah. pretty much sticking to my, my similar eating style. And when I got back from there, I started breaking out in these hives. Now I've had hives before. I have very, I always call it weird skin. It's very sensitive. I can't put anything on it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that's what it was. It was like, oh, my skin's just weird. Well, these hives went on for probably six weeks straight. Oh, wow. Okay. Six? Six weeks to the point where my face was, would like swell up. And I always say I look like the nutty professor. And people are like, don't say that. But that's what I looked like. My lips were swollen. My face was swollen. Like I would get these, um, it's called dermatographia, where if you scratch and then your skin um, swells up where your nails were, (laughs) it was, it was bad. Um, and so it lasted for six weeks. I had never seen a case like that. So of course, doctors always have the weirdest medical things. Um, so I was like, okay, this is crazy. So it would calm down and then I would wake up and it would, it would blow up. And right. so finally I went to an allergist and it was somebody I went to med school with. It was kind of cool. She, um, was the year ahead of me, I think, but she was like the head of allergy at Ohio state at the time. So it was like this big, you know, allergy person. She's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. She's like, I think you got a virus in, in Texas that might've done that. And I'm like, what? Like, yep, okay. Blame it all on Texas. Right. <laughs> so she's like, sometimes this time it was fall, you know, she's like, sometimes this time of year, there's a virus that people get and it does this. And I'm like, okay. And it just kept going. And what I noticed was that, you know, it would calm down. It got to the point where it would calm down. There's a couple of times I had to call off work and like go to the hospital and get steroids and all that. Um, it would calm down and then I would eat certain things and it would come back. And one of those things was pizza. And I used to love, I used to eat pizza like three or four times a week, but I had stopped eating it. So I'm thinking like, oh, it's tomatoes. Well, she tested me for tomatoes and she was like, no, you're not allergic to tomatoes. So I'm like, uh-huh. what is it? So eventually it got to the point where, you know, it kind of would slow down, come back, slow down, come back, but it was gradually getting better. And I was to the point at, by the time it was slowing down enough that it was, mostly gone, I started having problems with my periods and that was crazy. And so it was all this stuff that I didn't know was going on at the time, but I'll go back and say, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> I think what was happening was one, I think I had leaky gut where my gut was not intact and I had had some damage from all the years before. Okay. And what happens with that is basically, um, you know, your, your, your bowel is, has, is a barrier. It's your part of your immune system. And so mm-hmm. when foods go through your bowel and this, I never, we were not taught this this way, but when foods go through your bowel, you know, your body is constantly figuring out which should be allowed into the bloodstream and which shouldn't. And this is a very zoomed out view. But basically, if there's leaky gut, those cells are kind of separated from each other in the lining of the gut. And so things can get through that shouldn't and your body can react to those. And so what was happening was there was probably things that I was sensitive to that I had been sensitive to, but my body was getting so much of that and other things that it was dealing with it. And then once I cut it all out, my body's like, whoa, this is not, we don't want this, you know? So those things, those keto foods, the tomatoes and things that are usually okay on keto just didn't agree with me. And it was more so the, the process type, which was really interesting because I didn't really understand that aspect of it at the beginning. But mm-hmm. the like the canned tomatoes. So certain places with pizza, I would react. So I'm like, that's probably the places where they're using canned rather than, you know, they're Actual using fresh natural tomatoes. Yeah. fresh tomatoes, making their own sauce. It was a big difference. So I was like, wow. So that's where I figured out. I was like, that's why the allergist didn't know what to do, because she was like, 
this isn't fitting the allergy picture. You know, it's like, what, what's going on? And then with my menstrual cycles, in case you have women listening, um, I think yeah. part of the, yeah, you know, like, I'm like, I'm oh, don't like worry. I don't, don't, don't want to talk don't... about periods. I don't want to hear it. But... Hey, yeah, look, I'm, I didn't, let me go ahead and give this disclaimer to the fellas. Hey, look, to understand your woman, to understand, right. to be sensitive to women, you need to understand this aspect because exactly. it happens every 28 days. Some women have regular periods. Some women's, some women's menstrual cycles are heavier mm-hmm. or light. It depends for you to be attuned and understanding of these things helps you be one a better yeah. man to a woman okay absolutely so if bro, fellas get out your feelings this is the time <laughs> to actually learn something so that way one when it comes to that time period for your lady you don't look like a complete idiot now, i'm not saying you ain't <laughs> gonna be idiot. not a complete idiot we still gonna be, we're still gonna have our moments of stupidity i'm not gonna lie i still have my too to where i'm like Okay, is it that time? Okay, cool. So don't hit me in the face. Let me just make sure. <laughs> Let me get your ice cream and your wine. Which one for you? It doesn't matter. Just get them both. Okay, cool. So that way I'm safe. Listen. So, so fellas, pay attention. Listen, don't get in your feelings. It's time to grow up. All right, go ahead, Dr. Mirror. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I love it. No, but the, it's so true because you're going through this and, you know, um, you know, I'm a divorce, divorcee, so I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody going through it with me, but it was so crazy. It was like, it would just come and just stay. And my periods are usually like clockwork. So it came right. and stayed and it was just like, what is going on? So I think at that point I was fat burning to an extent, because at that part of the year, this was like September to December, I had really gotten in the groove of keto and intermittent fasting together. And I think what was happening was my body was really in ketosis and like rapidly burning fat and your fat stores store extra estrogen, which is one thing, but then also a lot of toxins. So I think my body was doing all of that work at the same time. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? So a lot of women, if they lose weight rapidly, may have some period irregularities. And that's something we don't talk about a lot with keto or any other diet or any other lifestyle that that can affect you at least temporarily because your body's trying to re-regulate itself. And when we have those, our body uses that fat to store toxins. And so when you start burning that fat, that toxin has to go somewhere. So the body is reacting in all these crazy ways. And for some people, it might have been, oh, I can't do keto because it's doing this. But to me, it didn't deter me because I found a way to eat that I didn't have to think about all the time. I could just eat, you know. And so it finally got better. It it went away one side and it still didn't figure it out, but it finally calmed down because I think my body just kind of settled into it and was like, okay, now I understand what's going on. But that was a good six, eight months after I had started. So it's like your body continues to go through this stuff. So that was a big quote unquote drawback or negative for me of all of those changes. But now I fully understand why my body was doing that. So, um, so yeah, so essentially, you know, I had these really, really heavy, crazy, unpredictable periods that lasted for a couple months, which is unusual. I was usually like clockwork. And so when I had that, I was like, what is going on? So I thought something was wrong. But when I look back on it, um, it was that my body was releasing toxins from the fat. My body was releasing estrogen from the fat. So those are two things that our body kind of sequesters in our fatty tissue. And so when I'm burning fat the way I was, because at that time I was really into keto, really into fasting and was like fat burning like crazy. I think right. my body was just adjusting to that. And so that's something that can deter people. Sometimes they're like, oh, this is, I don't, my body doesn't like this, but really it was that I was, because I mean, remember I said I was toying around with sugar before more frequently. And at that point I had really stopped 
um, and was fasting quite a bit, eating one meal a day a lot of times. And my body was just kind of working really, really well. But mm-hmm. then these other things were thrown off because it was like, okay, wait, we've got to adjust. We've got to get through this. So that was a, that was a drawback for me initially. And then I understood um, what was behind it. And um, I didn't stop keto. I just, you know, was kind of like, well, my body's going crazy, but I just kind of kept going with what I was doing and, and eventually it settled down. Um, and then what I was saying after that was one of the other things that I've struggled with is knowing too much about keto and, being in places where, you know, I'm like, I have to decide if something is worth eating because I know what it'll right. do to my body. So such as eating out at restaurants and stuff. And I still do that stuff, but sometimes it's like, oh, I know that they don't cook in the right oils. I know that yeah. might not be, you know, so it's like that <laughs> yes. mental exercise of like, do I do this or not? But it, it, it's, it's a great thing because it's discernment and it, it helps right. me to really be intentional with my eating and not just be eating and not knowing. So that's, that's the thing that I actually love about keto. So let me ask you this question. And this is, this is something that's always, um, it always got me because, you know, working, working in the medical field and being on keto, uh, the, the pain management doctor who I first uh, started working with, he was like, trying to buy me food and everything like that and then we'd have the reps come in and you know how the reps are when the reps come in they want to they want to wine and dine you and get you everything in the world and i had to tell him i was like yeah uh yeah i I can't eat that he was like what i said everything that they just brought i can't eat none of it and then i explained to him that i was on keto can you still hear me okay Mm -hmm. yeah i can hear you okay and um i explained to him that i was that i'm on keto how does that work for you being a doctor and then, you know, when other doctors are talking to you about keto, do you get the, do they give you the third degree as if you've gone crazy? Do they fully understand what you're doing and how, how does that work being a, being a provider as well? You mean, you mean like just the, the outside? Talking, yeah. Talking amongst the, talking about it amongst your colleagues oh (laughs) that's always fun um yeah (laughs) yeah I think initially honestly I think they thought I was like doing something weird honestly like I think Uh at first they said they saw me shrinking um you know because other people notice it before we do and I think they were like oh she's doing something different and you know initially it was kind of weird to me um because I had never really looked at you know, the amount of carbs and anything, it was always the fat. So when I started looking at carbs, that was a shift for me. And so it was like this whole different thing that I didn't quite know how to explain fully yet. And so Mm -hmm. when people would say, Oh, what are you doing? It was like, well, you know, and I learned to say, Oh, I'm cutting back on my carbs and things like that. And so that they thought I was, my main thing was intermittent fasting. So I probably said that more than anything else. And that was like, Oh, clearly you're starving yourself. You know? Um, They didn't come out and say that, but I think that was the the idea. So talking to my, my colleagues, the other doctors about it was interesting. You know, they were interested in what I was doing, but not interested enough to do it. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like, (laughs) well that, yeah, I understand that's well, it's like it's Atkins, it's Atkins. Right. And at the time, I mean, I still can't say I'm fully versed in Atkins because I never did Atkins. I always heard Atkins was bad, so I never really. And so they're like, oh, it's Atkins, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just funny because it was like that kind of conversation. And then when over time, what I started to notice was more notes in their charts about 
oh yeah, you know, I told the patient, you know, like that you see a note in the, in the file and it's like, you know, or you hear the MAs talking and they're like, oh, doctor said to cut back on your carbs or, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's sinking in. I see. So, you know, and I think they kind of, people knew that people know that sugar is not the greatest thing we can eat, but I think Mm -hmm. it was more of that, you know, we still have to stick to these other guidelines. And so, um, it was harder with the specialists. Um, yeah the cardiologists in particular, um, they have, you know, and I tell people this, people don't realize how many things doctors are under, like how many guidelines and um, standard of care and all that stuff. It's like, we can't really go rogue and start doing stuff. We have to be really careful because if you're seen as going too far off the deep end, you know, you can be in getting a lot of trouble. And so, you know, the cardiologists were leaning towards, first they were doing like low fat, low and then they start leaning towards Mediterranean, which is essentially like a modified keto, if you really think about it. But they didn't, you know, the word keto was like, no, no, you can't do keto. So it was hard. Um, the nutritionists were really hard, still are, you know, just trying to get them to understand what I was doing and why, um, you know, and it's like you're telling the patient one thing and then they're going to another professional and thing else. And that was hard because then they're looking at you like, really? So I remember this one incident where someone had really severe diabetes and I told him, you know, just cut back on your carbs, you know? And he went to a dietitian and they were like, oh no, you need insulin. You need this. And you know, you get scared because you're like, well, yeah, normally I would give this person insulin, but he specifically asked me not to put him on medicine. I'm like, well, if you don't want medicine, I'm going to document that you don't want this medicine, but like, let's try this. And it was just frustrating because patients don't know what to do. So then they're like, well, are you telling me, right? Everybody else is telling me not to do this. And so it's a big barrier, um, you know, that from that sense. So I think the doctors that I had, uh, you know, more regular conversations with saw me going through it. And that's something I say now, when you hear someone's story about what they went through, it's easier to believe than if you're just hearing, oh, do keto, do this, do that. When you see what somebody went through, then it's easier for you to be like, oh, well, that worked for them, you know? Yeah. And you see multiple people going through that. You're like, oh, wow. And so, yeah, that was the, that was the education I got once I finally like branched out into speaking out, which we can talk about. But yeah, um, yeah. I think when they saw me going through it, it was hard for them to say, oh, this is dangerous because they're watching me for a year. I mean, before I left, I had been doing keto for four years. So they saw the whole transformation and they were like, yeah, wow, this is really working for you, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it, it's an interesting conversation. It's still it's still an interesting conversation with doctors. Um, I don't hang out with a lot of doctors because of that, because there's kind of this the stigma behind stigma, a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, when they hear keto, they're they're open to it. But mm-hmm. they're seeing keto, they're seeing more with with, doc, with Coach E. I'm trying to, like, speak like Coach E did, because I'm like, he uses the more appropriate terms of like relaxed keto so yeah. they're they're used to seeing that they're used to seeing like the processed foods you know 20 grams of carbs no matter what it can be anything but 20 grams or less and that kind of stuff and so when i say well i'm you know i push for people to eat whole foods and they're like well yeah that's how you should be eating so they're coming around but when they hear that word it's kind of a it, it's kind of divisive so it, it, and it's funny and i, I don't uh <laughs> I don't need to keep injecting parts of me into that. <laughs> no, you're fine. Because um, cause after I started working there, because I, I came to the to the practice that I work at now, I came straight off of working on the ambulance. So I was already 
intermittent fasting, keto, because EMTs don't get a chance to really eat anyway. And so I was already about 236 pounds after losing 95 pounds altogether. So they saw me at my at the small part of it. And then when I started working with the, the doctor that I was working with, and I really hit a huge depression period because it's almost been a year now because my grandfather passed away right around Christmas. And then my grandmother passed away a couple weeks later, both from mm. COVID. Wow. So I went to a huge, 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 huge depressive rut, yeah. just started, started eating again. And I gained 50 pounds back. <laughs> and uh, so my scrubs started getting tight. And then I, uh, about a month ago, month, almost two months now, I've been back in the intermittent fasting. I worked my way back to eating one meal a day, and I'm strict. I'm personally, I'm strict keto. And usually, how the doctors used to introduce me to other patients and up to other, you know, nurses, whoever who would come through, they're like, "Hi, this is you know the medical assistant. Here's Daniel. He's our clinical supervisor. He eats keto, and he's going to die." Wow. I'm like, really, really? He's like, you don't eat, man. I said, there's, and then now they're starting to see that my clothes, my scrubs have gotten really, really, really baggy again. Mm-hmm. And I said, see, this is how keto works. I said, I intermittent fast. I said, but you don't see what I do during the day. Mm-hmm. You don't see, you know, how I keep myself hydrated, how I do my bulletproof coffee and what I eat at night. And then I started showing them the meals that I prepared. They're like, you eat that? I said, no, I demolish that by the time I get home. <laughs> Eating is something that you do, you know, carefully. No, I demolish this. It's not pretty when I eat my food. And the doctor that I worked with, his name is, the, uh, yeah, should I name drop him? Y'all name drop him, Dr. Bowen. Mm-hmm. He looks at me, he says, believe me, when Daniel eats, I blink and it's gone. So he's, he's, he's accurate when he says he's demolished his food. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, when I eat, I eat, you know. But just understand it's a process. What I'm doing is great. So now they're doing a weight loss challenge. <laughs> wow. They're like, we want to see how we can catch up to Daniel. I said, I promise you, everything of what you guys are doing right now, I'm not trying to, I'm not in competition with you, but I'm telling you right now, you're going to go about it the wrong way. I said, if you tried to do what I do, or at least, you know, looked into it and let me help you, I said, I promise you, you can reach a goal. I promise you, you're not going to lose it fast, and I don't want you to lose it fast and hurt yourself, but, you know, and then I'm trying to show them what kind of way, and then they were like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, and then they say, you know, hear a knock on my door, and it's one of the medical assistants. Hey, Daniel, can you kind of show me what you do? Because <laughs> I don't think I can do all these stairs all day, every day, and me go back, and then they order me pasta. I'm like, yeah, let's have a seat. Take a quick minute, and we'll go over it. But they just, there's a huge stigma. I I agree, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, and I don't have the professional background. I explain it the best way that I can, but then you know when you talk to other providers and everything, and then I just like you know what I'm just gonna, y'all know I do keto, and y'all know for a fact not to, to not bring me nothing to eat during the day because you know I'm not gonna eat it. So it's been working. Y'all can see it. Boom. Have a good day. Enjoy your enjoy your challenge. If you try to put me in it, y'all gonna lose. But. But that's pretty much me. I'm sorry. I just went off on a small tangent. No, that's I love hearing that because it's it's just it makes you feel like you're not the weird one. <laughs> oh, I, and I and I am. They, they pretty much label it. They're like as soon as I walk through, they have cakes and you know McAllisters and all these places bringing food. And they're like, "Hey, Daniel," and I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" They're like, and one of the other nurse practitioners, she's like, "This doesn't bother you, does it?" I said, 
absolutely not. Smells great. Smells great, but I promise you, you know, it doesn't bother me not one bit. And she's she's kind of delved into keto beforehand, and she's she's like, "Look, Daniel, you're good, but uh, yeah, I'm the weirdo. They treat me as such, mm-hmm. but it's it's perfectly fine. I'm good with it because yeah. I know for a fact it works." Yes, that was the that was one of the things I was gonna say. Um, you know, the coworkers, the the medical assistants, the mm-hmm. other people were watching me, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Oh, what are you doing?" But then. It's like, oh, I can't do that. Or they would try it and do it some other way because it was like they were wanting to do it, but they didn't know how to ask or, you know, I don't know what it was exactly, yeah. but there was, they were watching and they would ask, but then I'd be like, oh, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be that hard. Just do this, do that. And it was interesting. You know, I would bring in things because you get to the point where you feel guilty bringing in things that aren't, you know, in line with mm-hmm. <laughs> what you're eating. So I would bring that in and then I became known as the healthy person, the person that eats healthy all the time. But people yeah. found it to be off-putting because they couldn't, they felt they couldn't do it. And it was always puzzling to me because I'm like, do you understand how many cupcakes I used to eat when I left here every day? <laughs> if I can do this, you can do it. You know, so. I used, and yeah. I used to tell my fight, look, I, I will go to Little Caesars and have two pizzas. They're like, oh, and you bring yeah. it home? I said, no. That's that's just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have two pizzas. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like I, I'm like I'm just like come on, look if you if and I tell people this all the time. If you ever seen the movie Major Pain, mm-hmm. that's me. One of my favorites. Yeah, that's how I was trained to eat because my father was Navy. I was in the military. That's how I've mm-hmm. always been trained to eat because mm-hmm. you got to eat. You got things you got to do. Yeah. So and then and, but it's the same way. They always see they're like Daniel, you're you you really getting back with your keto, huh? I said yeah, I really am. But like we could tell. I'm like hey, whenever y'all ready. No, no, I can't. You know, I gotta have me some bread. I can show you how to make bread. <laughs> You'll know what's in it, and it tastes a whole lot better. I promise mm-hmm. you. Well, no, mm-hmm. I don't cook. Okay, you keep on telling me why you can't do it. You know, and I'll let you stay there. But anyway, that's not that's not the kind of that. So, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. So I did I did notice something that I've been, I've been really, really want to talk to you because you did say that you, in your bio, it says board certified physician with a passion for holistic health. Mm-hmm. Keyword emphasis on the holistic. Yep. So I would assume that you did practice traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. What was the, what made you switch from tra- traditional to, hol- to holistic practice? You know, there was a lot of things. Um, I was, most people don't believe this, but I'm 44 now. And I graduated residency in 2006. So I actually practiced for 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, 18, if you count residency. Um, Mm -hmm. I was chief resident during that time. So had a really great background, um, was really ready to go out in outpatient medicine and did it for a long time. But like I mentioned earlier, you know, you go through those years and you see people getting sicker and sicker. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I got good at, at maintaining them. So I always say that, like, it's not that they were getting sick on my watch. It's like I was helping them to stay where they were. They weren't getting worse, but I just noticed that nobody was coming back off of medicine. You know, we would talk about, you know, weight loss and stuff, but there I was gaining weight and couldn't get a grip on it. And so it was like, well, what is the answer to this? How do we fix this? And you don't have the time or the energy to go home and read about it. So it's like, well, what do we do? So then when I found this lifestyle and started doing that, I was like, this is, this is something like there's something to this. And I wanted to study it and do that. But then I was like, now when I'm talking to people about it, you know, so mm-hmm. it was like, okay, let's do everything we're supposed to do. There's a lot of boxes we got to click and do all that. 
and then I would be like, I committed to, you know, and I'm a woman of God. So I would commit to, I was like, promise God, I would talk about at least some aspect of healthy eating, healthy living right. during each visit. So it's like, if you can't do the whole spiel, at least do something. So I would start talking about like, well, maybe you can do this or that with your diet or what have you been eating? That's just, that's enough right there, you know? And people would be like, oh man, you asked me what I was eating and so forth. But what I found was that it took so much time. It was, you know, a fi the 15 minute visit is typically what we have, which lately I've been finding out people don't realize that, which is a whole other discussion, but they're like 15 minutes. I'm like, um, literally from the door, from <laughs> yeah. the time you get out of your car, to when you walk back out is a is considered a 15 minute visit they're like oh my gosh i'm like yeah well, that's all we have because i'm like at 15 minutes that next patient's already in the room waiting for me sure is mm -hmm. and so they're like oh my gosh and i got good at that i was good at it i could get in there talk about the dog do all of the chronic problems refill everything mm -hmm. fill out paperwork i i mean i was good at it but it was like this is draining me i would get yeah. home i had nothing left um, you know, my patients were great. Um, you know, we all have, you know, just different experiences in that, but yeah. I found that it just wasn't, I wasn't growing in that position. It was like, that was supposed to do that for a while to get the base. And then I just kind of overstayed. That's what it yeah. felt like. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was just so, I was absent at home. I would come home and I had a little, you know, he's seven now, but you know, when I started noticing this, he was like four or five and you know, he mm -hmm. want to play, he's a boy. <laughs> so yeah. He wants yeah. to play and I just had nothing. I would sit on the chair and just like collapse. And then he would come sit with me because he was like, well, she's not going to do anything. So if I want to spend time with her, I've got to sit here on her lap. So, you know, it just was day after day like that. And I was like, this is too much. This is way too much. And I started fantasizing about doing the stuff that I love talking about the, you know, not even keto, just whole foods and how we can change our lifestyles. And yeah. at the same time, I was changing myself in every possible way with my wellness. So this was the background change that was going on spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I was working on all that stuff. So I would talk to my patients. How's your relationship? You know, oh, do you spend time? Do you get time to yourself? You know, and they're like, why is she asking me this? I came in here to talk about my reflux and she's asking me if I have devotional time. <laughs> you know, like what is going on? Yeah. And that's when I realized that I was doing something. I was doing something that was bigger than me. And I couldn't get it in the way I wanted to with the visits. There was visits where I'd be giving that nudge, like you need to talk to them about their diet, but I'm yeah. like three people waiting, you know? And so it just got to the point where I was like, man, like this is not really, this is really not aligning with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as God tends to do, he started, you know, doing those. I, I always think of a little kid doing pranks. That's what it felt like, like just little crazy <laughs> stuff would happen. And I'm like, I clearly it's time for me to go. Yeah. And so I just, you know, and we would laugh about me and my best friends would laugh about it. Cause I mean, it was just ridiculous things that would happen just to me. And it, mm -hmm. it's just like, what, what in the world? So, um, me and God had a fight about this because, you know, benefits and, <laughs> you yeah. know, 18 years, pensions, all that stuff. It was just like, oh my gosh, like I've never done a job where I wasn't employed, you know, which is the standard in medicine right now. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I'm, I don't know what to do. Like, how am I going to have insurance? How am I going to have, you know, and I mentioned that because a lot of people think that when doctors leave or when doctors just live, that they have all this money. I didn't, I didn't have a nest egg. I didn't have anything. I had faith. <laughs> That's what I had. Yeah. And God was like, no, you need to do this. And then my dad, who my dad is like a man of little words. So I knew this was a sign. My dad was like, no, you got to get out of there. 
He was like, yeah. if I have to help you, and he doesn't do this. He's not that, like, he he's a helpful dad, but he's not that dad that's like, oh, I'll just give you money. Like, no, he was like, listen, <laughs> you have got to get out of there. That's it. You yeah. just got to go. And so I was like, okay, so he has spoken, God has spoken, and this is probably time for me to get out of here. So um, I prayed about it. I, you know, went back and forth, you know, and I wrote what, that what, what sent me to resign, what caused me to finally do it was I sat down in the month of January of this year and wrote down every limiting belief I had about my career in entrepreneurship because I was against entrepreneurship. Right. And I was like, okay, this is the barrier, you know, like the money and the business and all that stuff. Like, what do, what do I have cluttering my brain? And I wrote every, wrote them down. I had 93 because there was three for each day. And they were all, there's some were similar, but a lot, most of them were different, like um, completely different things. And I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and so once I went through that, I was like, okay, uh, you know, I can do it's still, it still took an act of God for me to hit send on that resignation email. It was like, that was like the most physical, like wrestling feeling I've ever had sending an email. It was the craziest yeah. thing. It was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, you know, and so for various reasons, but I finally did it because I knew that it wasn't aligned. And when I did, everything just fell into place. Like that's when Clubhouse was, was, was hopping and yeah. I had found the commu keto community at that time. I think Triple J, which comes up in everybody's story. Everybody. Um, he is buddy. like yeah. the keto six degrees of separation. Um, <laughs> he hopped in there, I think a few days after I quit and yeah. he was in a room and I mentioned like, I just quit my job and you know, I got 90 days left there and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, we're gonna be friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember that because it's like his story just took off. He was not anywhere near where he is now then. And I'm like, this is all orchestrated. Like this was supposed to happen this way. And we're all friends and we're all yeah. talking to each other throughout the week now. And like somebody I confide in. So it's like really crazy how God was like, when I said yes, he did that. And like in my personal life, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm an advisor to my women's pastor. Mm, and so okay. that came up right before I quit. It was like God was sending these things. Like he was sending the little prank signals, but he was also sending the signals like I have bigger things for you to do. Yeah. And had I still been in that job, I wouldn't have been able to do that either. And so right around that time, our singles pastor asked me to lead the healthy living at the church. So there was just all this stuff that came when I said yes. So I finally said yes, moved on, got over the scariness. It was scary. The 90 days was like the worst breakup you've ever had because Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. People, I mean, it's like, I tell people, you, you ever broken up with somebody? You try doing that 10 times, 12 times a day. Like, it got to the point Ooh, where man. there were people that I was just like, I can't tell her. I can't tell her. She's going to flip mm -hmm. out. Like, you know, and it was a like, so many roses, and people were like, I love what you're doing. I don't like that you're leaving, but I love what you're doing. I understand yeah. why you have to do it. Yeah. But that was what did it. It was like, I can help people more realistically in the way God is asking me to if I walk away and, and speak to the greater, the greater audience, you know, the bigger audience and not so much yeah. about numbers, but just talking to more people because what I had to offer one-to-one -one just wasn't it. And I even, I do some coaching, but even the coaching, it, God was like, that's no, that's not enough. That's not what I asked you to do. I asked you to put yourself out there. Like your voice needs to be out there yeah. and that's what's happening. So that's, that's how I ended up on this side of things. Uh, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I just have one follow-up thing to say to that before we really just go into <laughs> go to the next one. Uh-huh. Um, it's something to be passionate about well wellness and healthcare. But I out of that, and then you can just correct me if I'm wrong. This is just me observing from the outside looking in. The professional realm that you were in was just something that you helped you get to the area to where now you can pursue your passion. And it just seems like, yeah, everything lined itself up perfectly. So that way, one, you can actually pursue your passion to where do you feel fulfilled now versus doing the the normal daily uh, medical practice? Is it more fulfilling to you now? And I know this is a deep, deep personal question. I just... Mm-hmm. Do you feel fulfilled? It- I do. Yeah, I do. And that was what was missing. You know, it was like, even though I knew my patients loved me, I knew, you know, um, that people needed me as a Black physician. There was a separate layer that people don't realize that yeah. I'm sure you realize that yes. was like, I, it's it's like walking away from your child because they see a Black female physician that looks like them, that is relates to them well. And now they're being left to figure it out. Um, yeah, uh, you got me. You got me in in the fields now, Doctor <laughs> Mila. It was that part was like hard, and a lot of doctors don't have to go through that, you know. And it, yeah. it was a whole separate thing that I had to talk to other black doctors that had left about that. Like, what did you do with that? And they're like, you know, they'll be okay. I went through that too. And yeah, I mean, people would literally sit there and ball. I mean, just like ball their eyes out. And what can you do with that? You know, they're like, but we trust you and we don't know what we're end up. And, you know, and into the yeah. larger community, it's like, well, you know, you just go see another doctor. And I'm like, it's different for us though. Like, it's yeah. just, it's so different. And it's like, when you have to make that decision, it's like, man, like, I know they depend on me and more than just yeah. depend on me. Like they have, I had the families that I was seeing four and five generations of the same family because I was family. Yeah. So I was seeing the entire family and they're like, Oh my gosh, Dr. Williams, what are we going to do? You know? And I had to get over that. And like I said, it was a million breakups, but being in the position I'm in now, um, you know, being able to talk to people the way that I want to talk to them, um, working in a way that lines up with my passion and being able to really help people lose weight um, in, a, in a holistic way, meaning yeah. considering the whole picture, not just calories in, calories out, just diet and exercise, you know, eat less, move more. Like we are talking about, well, what are your emotions like? What is, you know, what, did, what happened last week with your kids? You know, yeah. are you sleeping? Are you, and it's it different for every person. What happened when you were a child? Like a lot of people completely ignore that. What happened yes. when you were a child? And it's like, that affects them. They might be doing everything right. They're a runner, all that. And here they are with hypertension and diabetes. Well, what happened when you were 10? <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah. Those, so, are, those, really un, those unresolved, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine those unresolved traumas are, are are conducive to a lot of health issues that people just don't realize. Mm-hmm. And God, thank you, Dr. Mila. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it is just something when you, when you caught me when you said black. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mm-hmm. caught me when you said black and I'm not, okay. I'm, I'm not trying to be negative energy dude or put myself lower than anybody. I am just an EMT. Mm-hmm. And when I say, when I got, 
when I was when I responded to a call and they saw and, and it was and it was one and it was one of us and I'll just say it like that. Mm-hmm. It hit differently to them to for them to see me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. responding to them. Yep. And and when I say, you know, they'll see the ambulance pull up and then all of a sudden they'll see my partner. He'll come in, then all of a sudden they see me. Mm-hmm. And then my partner's, I've had one, my, my partner came up to me one time when we were dropping the patient off and he was like, man, he says, he says, I'm going to need you to chill out. I'm like, what you mean? He says, I don't know how you get so much information and how you get so deep and how you get your patients to trust you so fast. Mm-hmm. He says, I can't keep up. Mm-hmm. He says, I can't do that. He says, it's hard for me to, to follow you when you, when you're mm-hmm. out there and when I had to I miss it so bad mm-hmm. I miss being an EMT is, is, is one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do outside of management mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. it's one of the hardest things that you have to do because I, 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 I see some horrors I see some of the I catch people in one of the in some of the worst situations that they've ever mm-hmm. been in mm-hmm. and, and when you you do what you can you stabilize them so that way they can they can um and you take them to a level of higher care. Mm-hmm. And you can do everything that you can do right, and then things still go wrong. And I can still see all their faces for the ones that I've lost yep. and for the ones who are been. But when it comes to our people, it hits different. Mm-hmm. And even when I was the medical assistant for this provider before I got, you know, was fortunately promoted twice <laughs> recently. Um, oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, so I got a promotion to be a clinical supervisor, and about a month and a half ago, um, the patient services manager she she wound up having a child, and mm-hmm. she said she could she said she couldn't come back. Mm-hmm. So me being the over helpful person that I am, started <laughs> helping in their departments because their departments the affected mine. So I was just jumping in and helping. So the CEO just came into my office one morning and says, hey, she's not coming back and you've been really helping. They got a good rapport. He says, so how do you like to run it? And I was well, like, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not knowing what was coming exactly. my way. Yeah. But I, you know, I volunteered and, you know, now I'm in two positions now because I'm still running my old department and I'm taking over a new one. Wow. That's a lot. So it, it is. It's a lot. It, and it hits heavy. But the biggest thing that I miss are my patients. Because mm-hmm. the second that I told them I got promoted and I wasn't going to be, you know, with that provider anymore, they were like, dang, half the time I was coming was to see you mm-hmm. and talk to you. Yeah. And then the doctor was yep. like, he says, they've shut down on me. Mm-hmm. He says, how much I got to pay you to get you to come back? I said, I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm not coming back. And then even to the, even and then I don't know how they got my extension to my office, but they called my office. Mm-hmm. Say hey, hey, you remember me? Yes, ma'am, I remember you. I was just calling to check on you, see how you was doing. <laughs> I said I'm doing good. You know, yes. when you coming back down here? I said I I won't. But she says, uh, but she said oh, well, I'll just start coming up there. Mm-hmm. So they started coming up here. And next thing you know, knock, knock, knock. Here they are. Hey. I'm like, hey. Aren't you supposed to be sitting at the moment? Like, yes. But I just had to stop by. I'm sorry. That just, it means a lot. Accountability mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you and when you do something that's, I'm very, very passionate about healthcare. I'm very, mm-hmm. very passionate about helping people. And to see and to see that in somebody else, mm-hmm. it, it, 
it, it, it hits all those Disney notes with me. <laughs> yeah. It hits all those Disney notes because I'm extremely, extremely, extremely passionate. Yeah. I'm serious. If if only if, if I could afford to be an EMT and take care of my family, even though it's a very, very hard, emotionally draining job, I will jump back on it in a second because I love being with patients. I love helping people. So that's just my little caveat with that because you caught me in a Disney moment and I just have to thank you <laughs> for one understanding your place in the world not mm-hmm. just as a not as a, as a medical provider and a medical voice and an influencer but as a black woman wanting to definitely be a voice to to our people mm-hmm. to want to help them out of the condition that we are in especially with knowing that how our community suffers from the high levels of heart heart disease mm-hmm. high blood pressure diabetes and every other medical illness you know that we're more susceptible to mm-hmm. for you to step out on faith mm-hmm. to know that your calling was to be a, to be a voice into a bigger space and to be that voice when so many other people aren't and how the world is against it means a lot. I mm-hmm. truly, truly, truly thank you for that. Thank like, you. Thank you. God, I appreciate man, that. If I, if I can give you virtual flowers, I, <laughs> I, air high five is coming thank your you. way because yeah. it means a lot to hear that because mm-hmm. Yeah, I work in a, in in a realm. I work in pain management, and I'm going. Oh yeah, I work yeah. in pain management. Pain management mm-hmm. to where, you know, and I'm in. Well, yeah, my listeners, I'm in East Texas, so to see the disparaging differences between the health conditions of our people compared to others, and the plight that they're going through, and everything, and then I work with great doctors, but not everybody understands our situations it's disheartening as hell <laughs> you know mm-hmm. to where I have to tell some of the doctors I'm like and I have to you know and I talk to them and I talk to them they're like but this patient I'm like but you got to listen to me and then by the time they you know I had one doctor talk to them and they were able to help them out and then the, and that patient came out to me and you know I'm I'm, I'm COVID protected I keep people away from me as much as possible but she bum rushed me and just hugged me mm-hmm. and she was like thank you somebody thank you for making him listen because i've been trying to get help and just nobody listened but thank you you were here and you got him to listen and i'm just like never mind we can talk about that after this (laughs) (laughs) no it makes a difference because what what had me when you ask about why i left um one of the biggest reasons i left was because i could help them more if i wasn't in that position yeah and they thought they wanted me in that position that's something i kept saying i was like they think they want me to be their doctor but really i'm not helping them as much as i could be if i was in a different position if i was doing something different because in that position i still had to quo i still had to do the standard of care. And while there are definitely benefits to that, because when you're in a medical crisis, we're going to have to give you some medicines and get things better. Mm -hmm. I couldn't keep looking at them knowing that I had answers to things and and not be giving them that. So that became a very big moral um, dilemma for me um, going in there every day and knowing that I was doing this lifestyle that I wasn't sure if I could share fully I was like, yeah, I just, 
<laughs> this is not like I know I can tell you everything about the medicine. I've been doing it forever, but I was just like, man, you know, if I could just be given the 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 go ahead, the green light to just sit with people for half an hour, 45 minutes and just talk yeah. to them about their diet, we would be so much further ahead. And when I knew that I couldn't do that, I was like, yeah, I got to go. So, yeah. Whew. All right. Let's. Whew. All right. <laughs> so since you said that you would like to spend more one-on-one time being able to explain it to us, tell us about your business. So essentially, um, you know, I'm still an evolving entrepreneur. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the background really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, I was dead set against entrepreneurship. And that was another misconception that medicine has given us. Um, it's particularly detrimental to the Black community because, you know, you have um, Black patients suffering from the most serious conditions, yeah. most, reliant, most reliant on the medical system. And then you have black physicians that are scared to branch out and they trust us. So, it's like, yeah. so it's like, we, we are scared, you know, and we're told when we leave residency, like, oh, well, you know, that's just not the way to go. So when I left residency in 2006, when I finished my residency, um, they were employing doctors, but mostly it was private practice. You went into a private practice and got settled or you stayed in taught residence. Now, my deal breaker was that if I stayed in taught residence, I had to deliver babies. It was not my thing. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So I left because I wanted to teach. I've been teacher at heart. So I wanted to teach students and do that. But I was like, "Eh, I don't want to, I don't want to do OB. So I was like, I'm just going to leave and do private practice. So that's what I did. Um, But, you know, going through, what was the question again? See, I got off on a tangent. (laughs) But I was asking more, uh, about your business. But oh, continue. my business. By all yes. means, yes. Okay. So, yeah, I was like going down this long, windy road. I'm like, wait a minute. So, yes. So, of course, I went into practice and did that forever, um, you know, and essentially um, was like, hey, I need to be able to do this. So, years ago, before, I think even maybe right around when I went keto, I started looking into health coaching. Like, well, do doctors do health coaching? And at the time, it was not a thing. Now, doctors are coaching left and right. But at the time, it wasn't a thing. It was something you paid someone to do. So if you're a doctor, you have your practice, you pay someone to coach your patients. And I actually enjoyed the process of coaching my patients. I was like, well, why aren't doctors doing this? This is what we're doing anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but, I, you know, you throw it away because you're like, well, I have this whole medical degree. I'm an MD. I've got all this stuff. That stuff and not spending time coaching. Right. So I just kind of ignored it. Didn't. And at that time I had talked to a coach who was like on that, like, Hey, get out of your nine to five, start doing this. I'm like, eh, whatever. And so fast forward to the pandemic mm-hmm. and I have a microphone in a box and I'm an introvert. Like I'm a, nobody can tell now this is, I'm the person telling the story in a, like a year and a half ago, yeah. I would hear people, particularly the people I have hired as my coaches saying, I'm an introvert. I'm naturally an introvert. I'm like, no, she's not whatever. And here I am saying, people are like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, like, seriously, I had a microphone in a box for two months. And I was like, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And this was before the pandemic. So I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I want to do a podcast. So I get this microphone. I do the research, you know, and ask one of my friends who does, uh, you know, graphic arts and different audio, video, AV stuff. I was like, hey, what kind of mic should I get? So he told me what to get. I get it. It's in the box. So the pandemic hits. I'm like, well, you know, well, we're home and <laughs> there's, you know, the office was open, but 
we couldn't see patients at first. It was just you, know, you went through it too. It was just crazy. Oh crazy. yeah. Nobody knew what to do. That's basically yep. where we were. Nobody knew what to do. So Toilet we were paper like, was well, currency and all that other right. that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it. So I'm like, I can get groceries, but yet I wasn't seeing pay. It was crazy because I was working, but I was quote unquote you know, air quotes working because we mm-hmm. didn't have patients in the office because we didn't know what was going on. And then right. my friends had to go get my groceries. It was a crazy, crazy time. Um, and so we were doing all of that. And they were like, well, you know, we'll have you work from home a certain amount of the time and then be in the office certain amount of time, whatever. So we were doing that stuff. So it left me, left me with time because before it was the same amount of time, right? But before it was filled with patient visits and going room to room and this and that. Mm-hmm. Now, if I did have a patient, it was virtual and it didn't take as long because it was awkward for people at the time. So they would right. be on there and be like, this is weird. I'm getting off. I'm not talking to this doctor. It's like talking to Mac Edrum. So I'm going to get off. So they would... um you know, hop off really quickly. And so you would just have time. And especially when I was working from home, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have all this time and everybody Mm -hmm. was on social media, but not, you know, like we are now. I think it's changed so much from even 2020 to now. Oh yeah. Um, So you see people doing stuff. So I started seeing all these doctors and particularly black doctors, which a lot of people don't realize, particularly black doctors um, on here saying, I left my job. I'm the time coach. I'm a this coach, I'm a that coach. I'm like, wait a minute, what? So I'm still like, oh, entrepreneurship doesn't work in medicine. You can't do that. You have to be employed, you know. And so I run into this woman named Dr. Una, who is now one of my business coaches. And she is amazing. And Mm -hmm. um, she's a pastor and has all these multifaceted talents and things. And she's on there and she's just one of those people, you know, she's like, oh, you can do this. You have a medical degree. You can open a business. You can do whatever business you want. You know, one of those people Mm -hmm. that make you think you can sell whatever, just anything. So I was just like, okay. So mind you, the day that I sat through one of her um, retreats, the seminar type online thing, um, I was in severe pain because my stomach was hurting because I had eaten some combination of things that my body would, could no longer tolerate on keto. And but I still was like listening to her, but like doubled over. And it was a, a key moment for me because it was like that's when I knew it was important to me because I was sick and I was still like, no, I have to hear this. Yeah. And I heard her was like, wow, this is great. So fast forward to, you know, I finally takes me six, seven months to sign up for her actual business. She calls it a business school, Entree MD business school. It took me seven months to sign up. I finally signed up. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. You know, and she has that way of making you feel like you're so special and, and, and whatnot. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she says, she's glad I'm here, you know? And so it's a process. I say all that to say it's a process. I'm still building. But what I have settled on, what I have been focusing on lately is now, I mean, I'm a podcaster. So I had my first podcast was Pivot and Bloom. So that's been going for, um, that was going for, that was the first year of my podcast. The second year now is The Single Well. What that's, that's based on is helping single moms embrace their uh, mind, body, and spirit so that they can okay. live well and thrive intentionally. So it's all of those other things I talked about earlier, in addition to improving their eating and helping them find a, a way of eating that helps them. Um, now, of course, my my preference is that people cut back on carbs and do all of that. But I know that's not necessarily always going to be the thing most people, some people start on or end on or whatever it is. So yeah. helping them find whatever that is that they can sustain is essentially what it's about. But it's more so about making sure we're doing all the background stuff and not just focusing on what we eat and how much we move. And so it's kind of a comprehensive thing. I have one-to-one coaching. 
I have a group called the Single Well Suite, S-W-E-E-T, which stands for Satiated, Well, Empowered, Educated, and Transformed. So I'm okay. starting that community. So having like single moms, and I said just single parents, like people, because there's such a stigma, especially in the Black community, about being um, a single parent. So having that, having us start focusing on our health, you know, and not just, you know, whatever else we're focusing on and saying, okay, we can choose this for ourselves. So I have that. And then I'm, I'm a speaker. I'm becoming a speaker. I've had people ask me to speak and I've been doing that. And I really love that. So I feel like that's going to be my main thing. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get myself out there in that realm as well. So I have a lot of different things I love doing, but that's, that's it in a nutshell. But I say that to say that it's an evolving thing. So if anybody's listening in there, thinking about getting into business. Again, I was an introvert, was not thinking about doing any of this stuff even 18, 20 months ago. I was like, nope, not an, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not cut out for that. And here I am. So <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. See, I, I'm in awe. <laughs> no, I'm in awe. The transformation, and, and, and listeners, the transformation of Dr. Mila from, I'm serious, if y'all haven't been paying attention and taking these gems that she's dropping, I don't know what to tell you. Like, seriously, her transformation, not just being a provider, from being a mother, single mother, holistic practitioner, motor coach, speaker, um, that's letting you know, people, if you got your mindset to do something, uh, the only thing that's in between you is space and opportunity. So take out the space and just meet it head on and go for it because we have living proof that you're listening to right now. If this was video, you can see how awesome this person. I have not I've seen your pictures. <laughs> but you can you can get a chance to see what hard work, determination, faith, and practice can actually do for you if you focus, dig your feet in. And even if you're scared to do it, do it scared, but do it. But then have that realm of circle, that, that, that circle of friends and circle of influencers and like-minded individuals around you that are going to push you for greatness. Uh, Dr. Mila, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You, you, you're an inspiration, truly. I'm, I'm, looking up, I'm looking at the paper that I have with my questions. I'm like, I... <laughs> There's nothing left I can say or do here because I'm like this. We, I'm not. I'm here. I'm throwing this thing away because there's nothing else <laughs> that I can say because one, there's so there's so much more that we can unpack, but there's not enough time. Mm-hmm. I would definitely love to have you back because oh, absolutely, yeah. Because one, there's, there's there's so much more that you can give because because in the realm of women, I I'm say right now I'm not the expert. I can't talk about it because I don't. My body's not built that way. So I don't, I never want to butcher anything. And I'd rather have a resident <laughs> expert on the female realm right. to speak on women, especially black women. So we'll, we, we can talk about that later, but oh my goodness, I have to wrap this up. I, have, I don't want to, <laughs> but I have to. So Dr. Mila, well, how can they find you? Where can they find you? What, what, how can they find you on all the outlets? So also working on branding, but uh-huh. I am most active on Clubhouse. So on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I, I think I have Dr. Mila on there. So I'll, most people call me Dr. Mila. So I'm Dr. Mila on Clubhouse. I'm on there the most, like I'm pretty much all day. If I 
have a moment, I'm looking to see what's on Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse all the time. So that's the easiest. You can inbox me there. If you have a question, you want to find out about something, that's a good place. Um, I'm more, I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook on Instagram. It's mm -hmm. at the Christian wellness doc to spell it out like that. Um, and I have a link to, in my link in my bio to my services there. So there's a landing page in there. And that's another place you can reach out. I check that throughout the day as well. And then I'm pretty awesome. active on Facebook um, as Mila Marie because Facebook is fighting with me and won't let me change everything to match. So working on that. But Facebook, I'm Mila Marie. Um, Pivot and Bloom still has a page there that's not as active. And then the Single Well Suite is on Facebook, uh, you know, the group I just mentioned. So um, that is on Facebook as well. So I'm pretty much all around, but it's pretty easy to get in touch with me. I'm not one of those people that ignores messages and things like that. I try to get back to everybody, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm out there. I've put myself out there. It's official. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Y'all need to go find her. I'm serious. The easiest place to find her outside of, you know, the, the uh, Instagram, Twitter verse and everything else like that is Clubhouse. Clubhouse is yeah. the is the well of information and resources. And when I say, when Dr. Mila goes in, she goes in and I'm just like a student back in A&P all over <laughs> again. Like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just taking notes because it, I'm, I'm, we're all still students in this. She's still a student in this. She's still evolving. And um, somebody's about to take some boards. Mm-hmm. You know, so go ahead. Listen, yes. listen, listen. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny, like people, I, I say it because in medicine, we're familiar with it, but obesity medicine, believe mm -hmm. it or not, has not been studied much until the last 15, 20 years. And that surprises people because it's been going on for longer than that. But yeah, um, it, a lot of it is our environment. And so it's a it's an evolving um, um, area. Um, but we now have an official obesity medicine board. So any doctor that you see, they have a specialty family practice, mm -hmm. internal medicine, cardiology, surgery, there's boards attached to that. They have to take a board exam to be considered a specialist in that area. So obesity medicine is optional. Most of us have to have our specialty in our main area, but obesity medicine is optional. I chose to do it because I really wanted to understand the science of all of obesity and not just keto because keto is just right. a part of it. Um, it is something that I believe is one of the best answers to obesity and a lot of the chronic diseases and metabolic syndrome, which is my passion, but, um, there are other ways to improve it. A lot of it has to do with just getting rid of processed foods, but, um, in sugar, but in, in, in essence, obesity medicine is something that we as an adjunct to our other specialties. So, um, once I pass this test, I'll be an obesity medicine specialist, meaning that I have learned everything there is to know. Well, not everything. We never know everything, but most of what there is to know <laughs> about how obesity affects our bodies and to have it as a, the reason I mentioned this is because as a specialty, to have it as a specialty means it is a very complex thing. The walking yes. it out doesn't have to be, you know, um, you know, actually doing the things that work for your body doesn't have to be complex, but the way our bodies work are very complex. And what fascinates me about it is it just shows me the creation. God made us and we're not going to figure it out. And that's what makes me laugh about it. Cause there's all this detail that every, we fall all over ourselves trying to learn it. And he has made us so, so intricate <laughs> that there's just these minute details that you would never expect that go into how our bodies respond to the environment and cause obesity. And so that's what the study, that's what obesity medicine is. So I'm taking the board exam soon. 
Um, and I'm not stressed out about it because I've just decided that, you know, it is what it is. And, yeah. um, you know, just excited mm-hmm. to have that other certification, basically. And you're going to pass and you're going to mm-hmm. be successful. You're going to continue to build on and grow with the awesomeness that you already have going because <laughs> it's already there. So, boom, mic drop again. Thank you. Pick up your stethoscope and do a jig. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm a mess sometimes. I'm a mess sometimes. So, so, everybody, take the time out. Find her on Clubhouse. Listen to the information that's been given. And um, by all means, you know, reach out to her if you got questions. Ladies, 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 ladies. By all means, she's a specialist for you. If you're, if, you're, if you're trying to figure it out, there's wealth of knowledge there. I'm not trying to take away from anybody else who is there. But since she's here, I'm just going to go ahead and highlight. This is one, this is one resource for you so that way, one, you can get the understanding and the information that you need to improve your health, take control over your wellness, okay? So, again, Dr. Mila, I just want to take the time and thank you for spending some, some crucial time out of your day to, to share your, your, your knowledge with my listeners and to, and to talk with me. Absolutely. And I would love to have you back because yeah, one, there's just so many, so many realms that we can just dive into that I know that I, it, 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 it would help to have, have your expertise um, um, here so that way the listeners can grow and improve their life with. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me anytime. Love doing this conversation. So awesome. Awesome. So, right. guys, as you guys know, we're going to end it the way we end it, like we always do. People will forget your face, they'll forget your name, and they'll forget your voice and what you smell like, but they'll never forget how you positively impacted their life. So take that to heart. Love, love on somebody. Help somebody if you can. If you can't, find somebody to help them because we are all in this together. Okay? So thank you all for tuning in to another amazing, to say the least, episode of the Keto 911 Podcast. I'm your host, the Keto EMT Daniel, here with the amazing Dr. Mila. You all have a great evening and good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Keto 911 Podcast. You can find my podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever any other streaming services that you may find available. If you want to be on the episode of the Keto 911 Podcast, you can send me an email to Keto911Podcast at gmail.com. This way, one, I can go ahead and get you featured. If you have a keto product or if you're a specialist in health, health or weight loss, we can go ahead and have you featured on an episode so that way we can educate the masses. Also, you can find me on Keto 911 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On both of those pages, you'll see me do food reviews. You'll see me post stuff about different types of uh, recipes that I've come across with. And I do motivational messages as well. So definitely go ahead and check me out on these other aspects and other links as well. So thank you all again for tuning in to the Keto 911 Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, your Keto EMT. Have a good one and be safe.